This episode of Internet Today is brought to you by Mint Mobile and by Factor. It's hard to find too much sympathy for anyone who still has, or still had, substantial amounts of money wrapped up in cryptocurrency, <laughs> considering the multiple warning signs and tales of woe that have sprung up in just this year alone. 2022 has already seen the downfall of the NFT, the tepid reaction to anything that would fall under the metaverse umbrella, the arrest of two bumbling idiots who are somehow accused of a heist worth billions of dollars, and the implosion of the Terra blockchain after a so-called mm, stablecoin became, well, unstable. Turns out not so stable. Yeah. But hope is one hell of a drug, and anyone who had lost money over the past few years in crypto, they simply had to wait it out or adjust their strategies in order to recoup those losses. Yeah, this was a very expensive lesson learned. I will surely not fall for this again. Zoom out on that graph. <laughs> uh, this is literally how gambling addiction happens, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, coincidence, I guess. But now one of the biggest exchanges in the world and certainly the largest and once believed to be the most reputable of the, the bunch has fallen hard, taking with it billions of dollars in assets and kickstarting an international crime drama that will be, will be playing out for the foreseeable future. Yeah, um, I'm sure they'll find him. Um, so yeah, what was FTX? What the hell happened to FTX? We're going to keep this as simple as humanly possible. Um, at its core, it is simple, but we're also going to assume that because you watch this show, you already have a base level of understanding of the crypto space and at least some of the terminology. Yeah. The problem with any of this shit is like to in order in order to fully explain it, you got to spend hours like it's, and we're just not going to do that. Though so FTX uh it well was uh, one of the just massive cryptocurrency exchanges that had cemented itself among a few others here in the United States as trustworthy and reputable. And they did so by not only appearing happy to embrace more government oversight to gain consumer trust, but they also legitimize themselves the same way that every other cryptocurrency exchange or crypto project has in the past. They spent an absolute shitload of money on marketing with Super Bowl commercials starring Larry David, who ended up being right, by the way, stadium sponsorships like the FTX Arena in South Florida, and they also just slapped their logo on anything or anyone who was willing to take a deal. I mean, look, it's got to be legitimate, right? Tom Brady's talking about it. It's all over TV. Uh, the guy, the CEOs, he, he's on CS CNBC all the time. Yeah. He's talking to the government. Seems, he's on the level. Seems like a nice guy. Seems like he's not into any weird sex shit in his little <laughs> sex compound down in the Bahamas. I said we were going to try to keep it focused on <laughs> that. But look, there's a lot. But by all accounts, to your average consumer who yearns for a shortcut to financial freedom, FTX and just cryptocurrency in general, it seemed you know, extremely reputable. I mean, at the very least, it seemed like at least FTX wouldn't destroy itself and billions of customer dollars in the span of one week. But there were some pretty large red flags. As recently as September, when Bloomberg released an article commenting on a, a sketchy business relationship between FTX and a hedge fund called Alameda Research, uh, turns out that Alameda Research was also being run by Sam Bankman-Fried, or SBF, the former, former now former multi-billionaire <laughs> CEO of FTX. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bloomberg article pointed out that Alameda Research quickly became a market maker of coins and that the direct relationship between Alameda and FTX would typically run afoul of regulators, but hey, that's crypto, baby. We do what we want. Yeah, it's more fun that way. Basically, FTX and Alameda could essentially create money out of thin air by minting new FTX tokens. In a lot of cases, exchanges will create their own tokens so that the users have a faster, cheaper way to convert any cryptocurrency back into US dollars. FTX was no different. Yeah. Um, Binance has the Binance coin. They all yeah. have their own things used for transferring uh, money around. Uh, so the big problem here, or 
One of the many big problems here is that Sam Bankman-Fried was basically using FTX and its customer assets as a piggy bank in the world's dumbest casino and reportedly burned through nearly $10 billion worth of actual customer funds alone, saying in an investor meeting before the collapse that Alameda Research had owed FTX around $10 billion. Uh, here's the Wall Street Journal from last week, uh, or just before last week, as things were starting to fall apart. FTX extended loans to Alameda using money that customers had deposited on the exchange for trading purposes, a decision that Mr. Bankman-Fried described as a poor judgment call, mm. one of the people said. Alameda took out additional loans from other financial firms, according to people familiar with the matter. As of Monday, Alameda owed $1.5 billion in loans to counterparties outside of FTX, the people said. They owe money all over town. Well, you gotta owe money to earn money. Mm. Anyway, once these articles started breaking through the cracks of crypto-brained people, despite initially being labeled as FUD, fear, uncertainty, doubt. That's just... Get it out of here. All of this factual reporting, that's just FUD, baby. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, once they started thinking, hey, maybe there's something to this, uh, consumer trust quickly eroded. And what followed was a massive financial snowball effect that would, within days, bankrupt one of the biggest exchanges on the planet and potentially bring down the rest of the crypto world with it, as, as it always seems to do. Uh, so once people got scared and started trying to pull their funds en masse, we saw a replay of the same scene from every other collapse, but on a much larger scale. Thousands raced to get all their currency converted and off the marketplace, leading to outages, pauses on withdrawals. And at some point, an offer came through from a competitor to just buy out the company. Well, look, you guys are uh, having a lot of trouble, seems like. Yeah. They would come in and fix things. After, after the, so Binance, after, after Binance's CEO publicly was like, wow, this FTX sure seems sketchy as hell. If I had money on FTX, I'd, I'd want to get that shit out of there ASAP. And so, they're like, oh, wow, there, there's a bank run on FTX? Well, I, I guess I'll be the good guy here. I'll be the hero and save FTX. Uh, yeah, there, there definitely seems to be some um, manufactured uh, uh, yeah. drama here. But what's funny about this is that uh, just within recent memory, if you look at directly at this and the Elon Musk acquisition, it's like, Binance talked shit about the company first, drove down the price, then did due diligence and backed out. Elon Musk straight up uh, denied due diligence and then shit talked the company after he, after he had already made a solid deal on it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, take that for what it's worth. Anyway, yeah, Binance announced that they would enter an agreement to buy FTX, but only after they'd announced their intentions to sell their very large stake in FTX's token, which of course drove the entire value of the company down because they had billions of dollars in that FTX token. Yeah. Uh, but still, for a moment, this quelled the market. Just briefly. But this brief moment of stability quickly made way for far more chaotic days ahead. Because, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to... Binance did not buy FTX. Spoiler alert. Yeah. And at this point, anyone who was left waiting around to see if maybe people were overreacting, they quickly realized the financial per peril they were in. So there was, once again, a massive run on the exchange with an untold amount of people desperately trying to get their money off of that exchange as they watched the zeros tick off whatever they had left minute by minute. Now, as an example of the substantial loss in value, the CEO of FTX went from being a multi-billionaire to having absolutely nothing in about 48 hours, though some would say he never had anything in the first place. But there are tens of thousands, if not millions of people out there who lost money because they were told by everyone, including that dude from Shark Tank, that FTX was as safe as your local neighborhood bank, or at least uh, as safe as your federally regulated retirement investing platform of choice. 
Anyway, while all this was happening, the same standard assurances rolled out directly from Bankman Freed himself, claiming that withdrawals were paused because of the spike in volume. Not that FTX didn't have the assets available, they just weren't liquid. Which is always fun to say when you want your friend to pay for I'm the I'm not meal. liquid. Look, I'm not liquid. I got all my stuff tied up right now. Can you buy the bagels and uh, the beers? So, okay, but this, my friends, was a lie. It quickly became public that behind the scenes, Bankman Freed was getting desperate and reaching out to a number of brands in the crypto space and essentially begging them for a bailout. Publicly, he was on Twitter responding to outrage and claiming that it would just take time to fix things and then said he'd shut down Alameda Research as if that was going to undo the damage and restore trust in FTX. Within days, both the companies would be bankrupt and Bankman Freed would appear to be a fugitive, maybe. Yeah. It, it appears as though anyone... If they had simply looked under the hood at FTX, they would have been shocked, horrified at what they found. Apparently, dozens and dozens of companies, all operating under the FTX and Alameda umbrella, all are filing for bankruptcy as of late last week. Yeah, this company, uh, it had just, uh, appears to have had just dozens of sub-companies where money was just getting moved around all the time. That's the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. You can do a lot of fun accounting tricks with uh, a lot of- Especially when you're in the companies. Bahamas. Yeah. Uh, so not only did the collapse of FTX also bring the rest of the crypto market down with it, it also exposed various traditionally risk-averse investment firms to substantial losses. Uh, one a very notable example was the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan, which is reported to have lost $95 million worth of teachers' retirement funds. But they also claim that uh, this is only a small, portion of their overall funds. Um, I would at the very Seems least like be a, lot. a little hesitant to uh, believe that immediately, but whatever. A bunch of banks and investment firms also lost their asses on this FTX collapse. And you can bet your ass that that is going to trickle down to you in some way, even if you weren't directly exposed to crypto. Yeah. Sam, Damn. that sucks. Sorry. But to sum this all up, Sam Bankman-Fried spent the past few years courting politicians and regulators built a crypto exchange that prided itself on safety and trust, marketed it as though it was better than putting your money in the bank, and was propping all this up behind the scenes by printing money and loaning it to his other companies, which also controlled the price of the asset. This was exposed, consumer confidence quickly eroded, massive withdrawal attempts ensued, money was gone, not insured, everyone screwed, and FTX employees, including Bankman Fried, were reportedly fleeing the Bahamas over the weekend by plane and by boat, mm. by air and by sea. Reportedly. So the documentary about all this, which give it six months. It's already being made, I'm sure. The, there's the Hulu one, the Netflix one. Uh, ben McKenzie's book and documentary that might be coming Who out. Who knows, maybe Paramount Plus will dip their toes into this game now. We've got like eight different Sam Bankman-Fried FTX yeah. documentaries. But yeah, it's gonna be insane. Once this, once the dust has settled a little bit more. We're gonna know, there's stuff that we don't know about that is going to be uh, yeah. very shocking. There's a lot more going on than just the brazen financial crimes. There was also, apparently, a little bit of a weird, uh, it sounded like they were operating a, bit of, operating a bit of a polycule down in the Bahamas. It was sort of a, some sort of sex fest between employees. Hedonistic. Uh, yeah, like um, a real web of, web of bodily fluids going on down there. I don't know. Doesn't matter, I mean, Hey, look. It's a fun little detail. It is, it's a, yeah. It's like, it's such a side note on all of this. It, it is salacious and it, funny, It wouldn't I guess. be a problem if they were running a company that actually worked, but the fact that they were running a company that was all built on lies and also they were sucking and fucking on each other in the Bahamas. 
That's that makes it an interesting story. I don't even know if a reputable company having a sex fax in the Bahamas is like necessarily a good thing. Well, I mean, but, hey, yeah. if you know, if the trains come on on time, as they say, bunch of consenting uh, adults doing whatever the hell they want. But yeah, there's surely going to be lots of interesting stories coming out of this. Stories of financial malfeasance, stories of sucking, fucking the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to tell what's a LARP and what's not, especially this early on. A lot of rumors. Regardless, I'm not sure there's really a clearer example of uh, example of uh, climate change than two crypto winters in one year. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe it. We've uh, really come this far. I remember a couple of years ago, we only had one crypto winter uh, yeah. every three years. Damn. Uh-huh. Anyway, now let's thank some sponsors before we talk about Elon <laughs> and Twitter for the next five hours. Sure. Folks, today's episode is sponsored by Factor, the best meal plan meals that require no prep and are ready to heat and eat in minutes. Literally, is, yeah. these are our favorite quick Is meals. your boss making you work 85 hours a week uh, and and not providing food? Well, <laughs> it's not it's it's not great, but the, here's an excellent solution that works not just for you, but for anyone else who's not in that situation. According to Elon, uh, they're paying $400 a plate for uh, meals. Yeah, There's a lot cheaper here with factors, yeah. so maybe uh, maybe they're onto something with uh, our, our promo. Please, Elon, use our promo code. Yeah. We get a lot of credit for that. But yeah, these are our favorite quick meals. They're actually really, really good. And with the bustling holiday season just around the corner, it is the perfect time to plan ahead with Factor, a ready-to-eat meal delivery. They shop, prep, cook, and deliver to your door so you can enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals during the holidays, minus all the hassle. Plus, with 34 meals per week, including Gourmet Plus, Keto, Calorie Smart, Vegan and Veggie, and 36-plus weekly add-ons, you'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. Factor is cheaper than dining out. Put the money you save towards holiday fun. And a little bit of you time. Yeah. Treat yourself. And thanks to Factor's commitment to ingredients with integrity, you can enjoy flavorful, chef-crafted meals guilt-free. When things get hectic during the holidays, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week, or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals save me so much time on planning and cleanup so I can fully enjoy these holidays without wasting hours in the kitchen. He's got a lot of uh, candy canes to eat and yeah. decorations to put up, folks. So take the stress out of meal planning this holiday season by heading to go.factor75.com slash newsday60 and use our code newsday60 to get 60% off your first box. That is code newsday60 at go.factor75.com slash newsday60 to get 60% off your first box. Link also in the description. But this episode is also sponsored by Mint Mobile. This holiday season, the best deal in wireless can only be found at Mint Mobile. Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months for free. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order and activate from home with eSIM, while saving tons on phone plans starting at just $15 a month. So if you're looking to make the switch this holiday season, it's the perfect time to check out Mint Mobile. And of course, all plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. With Mint Mobile, you can use your own phone and make the switch easily and effortlessly with eSIM. Or if you need a new device, for a limited time, get six months of free service when you buy a select device and plan. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. For a limited time, buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three more months for free by going to mintmobile.com newsday. That's mintmobile.com newsday. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com newsday. Links are always down in the description if you're uh, interested. Yeah, all right, let's get back into the news. And yeah, you guessed it. Do the word again. Elon. It's the ongoing Elon Musk Twitter saga. And we 
are as surprised as you are that even after the week that Elon has had online, he is still finding new and creative ways to completely destroy his reputation, his legacy, and potentially his bank account and other companies. Can you imagine living on a, a Mars colony millions of miles away run by this man? Did you see the tweet today that was like, after seeing how he's handled Twitter for one week, I agree, we should give uh, Elon Musk access to shipping all of our billionaires to Mars immediately. Yeah. Let's get it. Let's, let's let's fast track that. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. It was funnier than that. Yeah. But uh, we should probably start out with some updates to the, to the damage that was done last week involving countless verified accounts that took advantage of Musk's new features to mock companies by impersonating them and tweeting out, in some cases, the horrific shit that they've actually done. I mean, it was beautiful because in a lot of cases, brands were forced to at least acknowledge the tweets and claim that they weren't written by the brand which only caused the original tweets to go even more viral, enlightening people to some pretty shitty facts about their operations. Yeah, so in one specific case, it shined a light directly on how the American healthcare system, at the behest of pharmaceutical companies, takes advantage of citizens in need by giving them the option of paying thousands of dollars a year to stay alive, or option number two, you die. Yeah, you're dead. Last week, a fake Eli Lilly account representing the manufacturer of insulin tweeted that they'd be doing the compassionate thing and providing insulin to those in need for free. Wow, what a nice gesture. Anyways, it was a fake verified account, and the real Eli Lilly had to come out and say, uh, no, sorry, you, you, you morons. You've you, lived in this country, you know that's fake. You disgusting, rotten plebs. We would never give something vital away for free. Why do you think we charge so much for it? Because we can. Because you need it. And you need it. What are you going to do? Fucking die? That's right. Anyway, despite this, the company was hit hard on the stock market, losing billions in just one day. Um, and the, there's other theories about why that might be. But you'd have to... It, I'm surely one factor in that dip was because someone temporarily gave Elon Musk $8. Yes. that There's a lot that went into that, including the Lockheed thing. But um, look, it's, it's impossible to say it didn't have an effect on it. Anyway... That $8 has already cost Twitter.com millions of potential revenue at a time when they desperately need it. Yeah. Uh, here's the Washington Post. Inside the real Eli Lilly, the fake sparked a panic, according to two people familiar with the matter who spoke on the condition of anonymity because they weren't authorized to speak publicly. Company officials scrambled to contact Twitter representatives and demanded they kill the viral spoof. Twitter, its staffing cut in half, didn't react for hours. By Friday morning, Eli Lilly executives had ordered a halt to all Twitter ad campaigns, a potentially serious blow given that the $330 billion company controls the kind of massive advertising budget that Musk says the company needs to avoid bankruptcy. They also paused their Twitter publishing plan for all corporate accounts around the world. And we should point out here, fuck Eli Lilly. Yeah, let these people fight. Yeah. Uh, what, what did Norm Macdonald say? Personally, I think everyone involved in this story should die. Yeah. Uh, also, it's insane that pharmaceuticals have massive advertising budgets, which, by the way, is a distinctly American thing. Yeah, it's uh, the, one of the biggest things you hear from people who come over here from other countries is just like, you watch TV and it's all ads for medicines. And uh, yeah, we don't have that. Yeah, it's like illegal in my country to advertise medication. Europeans coming here and watching like one episode of a TV show must yeah. be like, I must be what dying the fuck is happening? because I need all these, all these drugs. Yeah. But look, it's also fucked up that throughout all of this, Eli Lilly just released statements about patient trust and patient health, but failed to address the very big elephant in the room. Why the fuck is insulin so expensive when so many people rely on it to survive? And why is it accessible and affordable in other countries? Why is this such a specifically American problem? I mean, I guess we'll never know. Also with the, the insulin thing, I don't, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, the 
community notes. Just been uh, Elon Musk just been getting roasted, roasted by his own app. Uh, the community notes feature, which is like the Twitter crowdsource fact checking thing, which I'm, I'm convinced uh, he fired the one person who knows how to turn it off. Yeah, this, uh, this wouldn't exist if he was able to shut it they, down. They keep fact checking Elon's own tweets every time he says he, every time he confidently says some shit that's like obvious fucking bullshit. Um, but yeah, like I think it was Bernie Sanders took you know took the the story with Eli Lilly as like you know a perfect opportunity to hammer home uh, everything he's been saying for yeah. his entire political career. It's like this is bullshit. Like uh, insulin was invented with the specific purpose of not being like sold for profit. It was meant to be for the people. By the way, invented uh, like a hundred years ago. Yeah, and Elon like comes back with like, oh, actually, and then Elon's own tweet got like fact checked. Uh, uh, there was one, and we're, we're about to talk <laughs> the, about it. It was like, yeah, on the, it was like, <laughs> the US pays like, the, the average American pays like this much money for insulin. The average person in any other country pays this much. It was like 1% of what yeah. American pays. So that's the thing. Constantly with this coverage that we've been doing and watching with Elon is, he is inadvertently bringing to light so many things that are actual problems with American society. Yeah. But he's doing it inadvertently. Yeah. And you and I and I I do not believe you if you say that he's doing it on purpose because he is that dumb. He is. Um. But yes, the another story that we're going to talk about in a second got one of those fact check Twitter bird things, and it was like the source list was longer than the explanation that refuted what he had said. Yeah, they're, they're roasting him in the community notes section. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Anyway, retaining advertisers. That's only one of many, many constantly growing problems for Elon Musk with the way that he's running his cool new website. Mm -hmm. uh, he's also decided to mock lawmakers with legitimate concerns straight to their faces, <laughs> taunting them to oh, do something about it. Great strategy. Uh, and it looks like they might just go <laughs> ahead and do it, you fucking idiot. Specifically, Senator... Ed Mockey of Massachusetts, who also happens to sit on multiple committees with oversight in the industries that Musk operates in and has also been involved in various Internet privacy and proper uh, regulation crusades over the years. This is a person that uh, specifically knows exactly what he's talking about. Elon, I don't know if you know who you're talking to. Ugh. So, yeah, to Elon, this was just a guy with a name that was far too close to malarkey or something to ever <laughs> you know, take his concerns seriously. Uh, here's the exchange which started with a lengthy written letter to Musk explaining how easy it was for a reporter to buy a verified account and impersonate the senator. A Washington Post reporter was able to create a verified account impersonating me. I'm asking for answers from Elon Musk, who's putting profits over people and his debt over stopping disinformation. Twitter must explain how this happened and how to prevent it from happening again. To which uh, Musk, by the way, replied, perhaps it is because your real account sounds like a parody. And I'm convinced it is simply it is not based on his policy or his political leanings at all. I guarantee you, I would put money on it that Elon is literally talking about his fucking name being close to malarkey. I, prove, I, prove me wrong. This is a guy who tweets dad jokes and thinks that he is the peak of comedy. So um, it was a bold move to yeah. snap back at the senator, but let's see how it played out. Senator Markey replied back to Elon saying, one of your companies is under an FTC consent decree. Auto safety watchdog NHTSA is investigating another for killing people, and you're spending your time picking fights online. Fix your companies, or Congress will. And again, uh, Elon, of course, is like, oh, are you threatening? Uh, are you making threats against me? I'm pointing out, like, whether you want up. to agree, like, where you stand politically or not. Elon is doing this to himself. He is. He is. He's willingly drawing the ire of senators, basically begging them to make a move, so that I am telling you. 
he can play the victim and claim that the government ruined his sight. Yeah. If this guy's playing 4D chess, it is literally figuring out a way out of this mess with, that doesn't make him look as bad as it currently is. Anyway, luckily, despite Elon running through this company, just ripping wires apart like some sort of fucking gremlin, uh, there are real hardworking people behind the scenes who are committed to making sure that not only is Twitter fully operational, but also providing some level of safety and security to its users. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, telling, enough joking around. Tell a little joke. Uh, yeah. yeah, Elon has apparently decided to just publicly crowdsource information about how the site operates. And when he tweets out some just factually inaccurate bullshit about what's happening under the hood of Twitter, uh, he gets fact-checked, sometimes by his own employees who are apparently working on the exact functionality that he's complaining about. Yeah. Uh, instead of shutting up and connecting with whatever remains of this team privately, uh, he decides to dogpile on his own employee and then apparently publicly fire him for, I guess, insubordination for correcting Elon th things that Elon was saying publicly, I guess. I don't know. So stupid. This is, Elon is, again, proving that uh, despite years of thinking the opposite, sometimes things should be an email. Yeah, and that's what this guy said, too. Um, Can we please talk about this on the like, company Slack or something? Like, wow, you're talking to... He's like, well, it would be cool if he just sent this, sent an email or a Slack message instead of doing it like this. But this guy, like, you could tell, like... He was already on he's his He's on his yeah. last fucking rope. He worked an 85-hour week... He worked an 85-hour week last week, probably patching so many holes to keep this fucking service even running, and then he wakes up today and sees the CEO of his company just shitting on everything that he does. He's like, you know what? I don't fucking need this. I can get a job anywhere else doing the same thing for way less of uh, a problem and in my life. So uh, uh, fuck this. I'm going to I'm gonna talk back to the boss on Twitter. I, I have seen um, what appears to be indications that uh, this person did reply uh, a couple times explaining himself. Oh, yeah, and no, those tweets are, are uh, hidden. Yeah, he sent like a whole thread of uh, replies. But yeah, when you go to it, they're they're hard to find. Yeah. You, just, you just see one of Elon's simps being like, Elon, are you going to let him talk to you like that? He still hasn't explained himself. And it's like, I would like to directly uh, link you to the full conversation. Elon, Elon, he's saying mean things about you. What are you going to do? Are you going to fire him? Yeah. Come on, fire him, Elon. Elon. And then the Elon stands, they all... They all came in unison. <laughs> Anyways, here's the verge with more. The saga started on Sunday when Musk tweeted an apology for Twitter being slow in many countries and implied that the poor performance is because the app does over 1,000 poorly batched remote procedure calls to load the home timeline. Basically saying the app has to reach out to other servers a bunch of times and wait for a response for each request. Fraunhofer, the person who Elon was getting into it with on his own website and who he later fired, uh, who had tweeted that he spent six years working on Twitter for Android, quote tweeted Musk's statement saying it was incorrect. And according to Fraunhofer, Twitter actually makes zero remote procedure calls or RPCs. Instead, he says, when the app starts up, it makes around 20 background requests. Seemingly to clarify his original tweet, Musk then responded, the fact that you don't realize that there are up to 1,200 microservices being called when someone uses Twitter app is not great. Fraunhofer disagreed again, tweeting that the number required to generate the home timeline is closer to 200 than 1,200. And I don't know anything about programming, but when no. he when Elon tweeted his original post, like every programmer on Twitter was like, uh, I haven't had to work around RPCs since like late 90s. I don't know what this man is talking about. Like this is not a thing. Yes, everyone chimed <laughs> in. It, it, the His own employee, but yes, there was a bunch of also unsolicited, unsolicited advice from legitimate accounts who were like, 
this person is right. Yeah. This is so frustrating. Um, yeah, and that's that's why he's getting away with it because to normies, this is like some kind of tech speak and tech mm, jargon. Yeah, RPCs. And, and Too many RPCs. You literally are unable to question what he's saying if you don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Anyway, the reporting continues. They add that the conversation between Musk and Fraunhofer is messy, spread over many threads and hours, which Twitter ironically makes difficult to see and follow. At one point, Musk asked Fraunhofer what he had personally done to fix Twitter being slow on Android. Though, remember that the conversation started with Musk's apology for it being slow in many countries, not on Android. But Musk's seemingly final word on it came in response to a discussion on whether Fraunhofer should have brought his concerns about the original tweet up in private on Slack rather than publicly calling Musk out. A commenter in the thread said that Musk probably doesn't want Fraunhofer on his team after the developer tweeted that Musk should have asked questions about the slowness issues privately, to which Musk replied, he's fired. And so apparently another Twitter lead was fired after all this went down as well for supporting her fellow employee and backing up the fact that what he'd said to Elon was factual. It's a great way to run a business. You want to, anybody who knows things that knows what you, they're talking about? Anyone who knows things that you clearly don't know, you want those people out. You do yes. not want them around making you look dumb all the time when you say some stupid shit and they're like, no, actually what you said is wrong. You want those people out. You want them on the sidewalk. You want them on the street eating gruel down at the local homeless shelter. You want to surround yourself with yes men. When you say there's two million RPCs being sent out, they're like NPCs. You're right, sir. I'll be. I'm gonna go take care of those RPCs right now. There's 200 NPCs in this thread right here. I'm gonna go fix those RPCs. Google.com. What, what is, is RPC? RPC? <laughs> Learn to code. Uh, this is like standard, like doomed American business thinking. Like, I, the one thing I don't want as a successful executive at a company is to be challenged. Yeah, it's some real, uh, some real Hitler's bunker, uh, like yeah. executive uh, performance happening here. But look, somehow it's starting to come to light that Elon might not be the big tech wizard that he is portrayed. He invented to be. cars, Ricky. Because on Monday of this week, he also publicly stated that the company would be trimming back on a, a bunch of what he calls bloatware, and almost <sighs> immediately after sending out this tweet. Twitter's two-factor authentication services went down, completely locking people out of their accounts. This is another one where like everyone in programming, especially people in gaming, the gaming game dev community on Twitter immediately was like, oh fuck, he's doing it. Cause like it's, it's a big thing in like game development where it's like, if you were to look at the code from a complete outsider perspective, you'd be like, this is a fucking mess. Like there, there's all this bloat here. A lot of this can go. And it's like, no, actually, we don't know why, but like for some reason, like this bowling ball has to be in this exact spot of the map. Yeah. If it's not, the entire game crashes. So yes. that's what's happening there. And time's a thousand. Mm -hmm. But like to someone with just no understanding what's happening, he's like, well, can't you just... If we just delete all up? those numbers, that'll save us money, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Um, and not sure if it's actually directly connected. It's just another glaring example of being like, we're going to, even if it's not connected, do away with something that I think probably doesn't have any effect on the service, but I'm not sure. We'll find out. And then two-factor authentication stops, which uh, even people who are not uh, extremely tech savvy were quick to point out, do not disable your two-factor authentication just because you can't log in. Please, for the love of God, just stay off the site yeah. until it returns. This is real bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have no idea what Elon did or if it actually had any direct effect on two-factor authentication, but things would certainly be easier to fix, or at least not fuck up in the first place, if Elon hadn't immediately laid off massive amounts of, of workers who were specifically tasked with these very problems. 
in his world, he likes to portray uh, reality as if Twitter was a bunch of libs reading poetry and eating $400 a plate lunches while complaining about pronouns or something. But in reality, it was just a regular massive company that was held up by talented employees who did their best to keep the site operational and secure at a time where access to factual information is far more vital than ever. Yeah. But he just pictures the crying liberal after Hillary lost. Yeah. Whatever. The cry- Yeah, the 2016 crying liberal. Update your memes, guys. Seriously. It's 2022. Mm-hmm. It's pathetic now. Anyway, we'll leave you with some good news today, though. Uh, Jeff Bezos, who gets off on other people not being able to pee. Apparently. Allegedly. Has pledged to give away his fortune to charity, which, okay, that's great. Yeah, that's cool, yeah. He should have committed to this a long time ago. I distinctly recall his own ex-wife committing to this immediately after getting a divorce. Also, the very... And every other billionaire. The the very uh, large uh, billionaire fund, or like uh, the people that run all these companies being like, yeah, I'm going to commit. He never signed up for that. Yeah, like the giving fund yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. It's all, it's like the, I mean, it's, it. I don't think it's really anything worth like, yeah, it's, they're saying like when I die, like I'm gonna give most of my money to yeah like, charity. He's, instead he's of, committing like, to. Uh, he says that he's going to give it away uh, while he's alive. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. So immediately after announcing that he would be giving away his billions of dollars to those in need, uh, his company Amazon fired ten thousand employees. Yeah, he's not CEO anymore, but uh, definitely not great optics. And I believe he still has. Uh, I think a he's like board. the chairman or something. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure whatever goon is in charge calls up Jeff. This is what you want, right, Jeff? He's like, you lay him off. Do it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I got my girlfriend here. She's rubbing shit on my back. Yeah, it's pretty good. Good life I got here. None of my fucking housekeepers can piss. They're all full of piss. They are. It's crazy. They're leaking piss out of their eyes. I he like it. he like heard the story about how like they wouldn't let horses pee before a race, and he's mm. like, that's how I want my employees. Yes. That's why he doesn't do bathroom breaks at Amazon because like that that's the peak time of production yeah. is when your bladder's full versus when you finally feel that sweet if relief. If your bladder's empty, you're comfortable. And if you're comfortable, you're not you're yeah. not hustling. If you got time to peen, you got time to clean. <laughs> so I yeah, it seems like maybe uh the the Jeff Bezos donating money thing might have been a little bit of PR spin before all those Amazon layoffs were announced. Ten thousand. A lot of it's a lot of people. Uh I saw an article today that said that uh we have already um, had as many layoff, as many, as many people laid off uh, in this uh, technology downturn than what happened at the dot com bubble. So, and th- this one's kind of just getting started. So, yeah. So anyway, um, but yeah, it's it's important to note that for the most part, uh, Jeff Bezos' big money giveaway, it's it's just a pledge. He pledged it. This is Bezos saying that he's swears that he's he's going to give away his multi billion dollar fortune over the course of his lifetime. He's got. A long way to go, uh, God willing. We we want Jeff around as long as possible, <laughs> and the sooner he starts contributing, the sooner he will be able to see real tangible results. So I don't know. Hopefully that happens. It seems like that would be the best motivation. Being like, I can use my money for good and see actual results. See how I'm helping the world. And and I just don't get billionaires who are like, Nah, fuck you. Wait till I'm dead. I don't think he cares. I don't think he's even capable of like the kind of empathy. Like even even like well, billionaire empathy, where like they, they're even they're doing it just for like their own like image. buying carbon credits or whatever. Yeah, like um, he does. He he's not even capable of that. I will give him this. I think Jeff Bezos agrees that Jeff Bezos doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to charity, because the smartest thing he has ever done is he gave a hundred million dollars to Dolly Parton. 
who has a long, well-established track record of very positive philanthropy. Yeah. Um, she also uh, is, in a major way, uh, partly responsible for the first round of uh, coronavirus vaccinations. That's right. Yeah. So, at the very least, he's being like, I'm a fucking idiot who is going to ruin this. I'm going to give it to Dolly, who has not only the positive public perception, but also has a history of uh, doing the right things with this money. Yeah, let Dolly handle this one. I think we should do that. Dolly needs to be president. My only regret is that she doesn't have another life to live. Yeah, I think she retired from touring recently. And was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame after initially saying she wouldn't. Yeah, she turned it down initially, but okay. She's like, ah, shit, there's no, like, uh, I don't want to be in the Grand Ole Opry my whole life. She did a record with like Jack White or someone, and then she's like, "All right, now I've now I've made a rock album. Let's go." Good for her. Yeah. Again, this is it is overall a, a good thing if it actually happens, um, but uh, in any just world, um, while there are literally people homeless or starving, it is a bit odd that he was ever able to amass such wealth in the first place. And I know we just activated like an anger switch in any centrist that's watching. He worked so hard for that money. But we would just, I want to (laughs) kindly direct you to the video where a guy shows just how outrageous having $1 versus $1 billion is using his car and some very creative math. He's like, I'm going to drive the distance of $1. I'm going to drive the distance of a million dollars. And he's like, now let's drive a billion dollars. And it's like 45 minutes later, he's at the beach or something. I like the one where the guy uses grains of rice. Yes, that's also uh, and, very and in the process of making the video, he has to keep going back to the store and buying more rice because he yeah. even even with a pretty decent understanding of how it would go, he still vastly underestimated how much fucking rice he would need. Yeah, so um, would probably be better, you know, if that weren't possible at all. But um, yes, it is. It's a lot of money. Uh, but I'm gonna put the link to the guy driving the car down below because that was one of the things like the like the grain of rice where I saw it. I was like, this is a perfect example of how outrageous this is. Anyways, if you haven't already um, and you're so tired of hearing about Twitter and everything else in the tech world, we have an episode of Weekly Weird News that is about chickens. Mm-hmm. Bark, bark. Are you sold yet? Bark, bark, bark. You need a little break? Go look at the chicken. Go watch the video. What are you, chicken? Oh, but you want to be even sadder about the state of affairs? Well, we got news dump right over there Tori, for you, too. <laughs> Thank you for watching the show. Thank you to the now 6,000. Keep growing. And uh, we will see you soon with some more news. But uh, leave a comment. Hit that like button, subscribe, do whatever you want. We'll be back here very shortly.